Welcome back to Project Freelance. My name's Kay. Let's get into the show. How's it going, guys? Happy Monday. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope your Black Friday shopping went well. I was looking at... So G Technology actually came out with an SSD hard drive. A 32 terabyte SSD drive. If you don't know what that is, you're probably not a videographer or editor or do anything with computers, but an SSD hard drive is a hard drive with no motors. Typically when you buy a hard drive, there are motors in it and that can cause, those motors can get messed up. Like for example, I had a 12 terabyte hard drive become completely unusable and corrupt all the video files on that hard drive. Uh, because my computer restarted like eight times in a row and it was plugged into the computer. So it totally like destroyed my files. I was able to recover uh, the photos and the audio files, but the video files are pretty much screwed. I would have to pay thousands of dollars to get them recovered. Uh, and this was years ago. So I had basically an entire year's worth of freelancing work just get wiped. So uh, in order to prevent that from happening again, uh, first of all, I, I, if anything's going on with my computer, I immediately unplug my hard drives. And secondly, I use SSD drives now uh, as often as I can, especially when touring. But it's been hard to find something that is big enough for my storage needs. And now that GTEC actually has an SSD 32 terabyte hard drive, that is my next goal. But it is $7,500. <laughs> so I don't think I'll be getting it. Uh, anytime soon, unless GTech wants to sponsor the podcast slash my life. I do plan on hitting them up. I will keep you guys up to date with this process, with the progress of this potential sponsorship. But until then, uh, this is Project Freelance. It's a show all about freelancing. Uh, each week, I talk to different entrepreneurs and freelancers on how they built their businesses and their careers over time get their tips, their tricks, hear their horror stories, and their success stories. This is Project Freelance. Thank you for tuning in. If you are new to the podcast, please hit the subscribe button so that you get notified every time a new episode is uploaded. If you've listened to one or more episodes of Project Freelance, if you could do me a huge favor and leave a rating and feedback, it helps the podcast grow and it helps us find more listeners just like you. So if you are interested in helping the podcast out, a simple thing you can do is just leave a rating and feedback on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever platform you listen to this on. And if you want to come on Project Freelance, you can hit me up at contact at just the letter K.com. Just the letter K.com is also my website where you can go see my videography work. You can hear more podcasts. You can read my blog posts about travel and photography. Got lots of really cool stuff on there. And it's got a bunch of info about me, myself, and I. <laughs> so if you want to check it out, just the letter K.com. Thanks for listening. Let's get into this episode with Dan Cleland. I'm going to need to crack open a can of Liquid Death for this interview. If you want 10% off at liquiddeath.com, use code just the letter K. I'm drinking the Mango Liquid Death Mango Chainsaw. Check it out. My name is Daniel Cleland, um, born in Canada, currently residing in Costa Rica, lovely Costa Rica, where my primary uh, enterprise, Soltara Healing Center, is based. Uh, Soltara Healing Center is a, a psychedelic plant medicine retreat center. So we work with Shipibo indigenous healers from the Amazon jungle. 
Uh, we currently have grown to three locations internationally. So we have two operational locations here in Costa Rica, uh, developing another one. And then we also have a uh, location in Peru in the Amazon jungle, a more rustic location. Um, and uh, aside from that, I'm also a guitarist and founding member in the band Savage Existence, um, which is its own business in a very, uh, very uh, real way as well, being uh, in the music industry. So that is what I do in a nutshell. So what came first for you? I, I assume music probably influenced you first. Well, I mean, I, I started playing guitar when I was, you know, 14 or 15 years old, um, trying to impress a girl that I liked who really liked Nirvana. I learned how to play Nirvana songs and acoustic. Mm. Um, and uh, that evolved into heavy metal, started playing like Sepultura and stuff like that. So back in the day, back in high school, me and the boys had a band we used to rock out and you know jam in my buddy jesse's basement and um play in like the school auditorium and we used to do battle of the bands and like rent out halls and put on concerts and stuff like that that was back in high school and in college uh, uh i lived with my buddy jesse we had a jam room in the basement and we started writing our own music and just drums and guitar at that time <clears throat> kind of hanging out, have a few beers and, and, and play some music, write some stuff, always more interested in creativity of the, of the process. And, um, uh, you know, we parted ways when we were, you know, 23 or 24 to go and build our careers. I moved out, uh, to Calgary and, um, you know, was working sales jobs and then got into the tourism business. And, um, and Jesse stayed in London, Ontario. And, you know, we, we didn't really see each other that much for the next 10 years or so. Um, but uh, in that time, you know, I, I went um, around the world. I got, I got into some trouble. I got into ayahuasca to help me recover from some uh, psychological issues. Uh -huh. Uh, ayahuasca is, of course, this this plant medicine I'm, I'm talking about. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I went down to the Amazon and I built my first business down there uh, in you know, 2014, sold that in 2017, and, um, and uh, came up to Costa Rica to develop Soltara. And uh, I think in 2018, uh, we needed a chef to come down and work with us to cover for somebody who we didn't have anybody for like a month. So I, I, I contacted Jesse, uh, cause that's what he was doing in London, working in restaurants and developing his own, uh, creative agency, graphic design and, and web development, stuff like that. Uh, so he came down to Soltara in Costa Rica and worked with us for a month. He loved it. He ended up, uh, dating my, my, uh, business partner, Melissa Stangle. And uh, then he sold all his stuff in Canada and moved down to Costa Rica. He's been here since 2018. Um, and, you know, we've been friends for a long time. But then in, in, the, in the pandemic lockdowns of 2020, we picked up the instruments again. 
and started playing again, just the two of us, and brought back some of the old stuff we, we had written back in the day and modernized it, wrote some new stuff, uh, you know, spent a lot of time at home alone during the pandemic, so had lots of time for creativity. And, um, you know, we got the we got the band back together, so to speak. And uh, in, once we recorded our first uh, demo, which turned out to be 11 songs, uh, all the instrumentals, we ended up deciding we wanted to make it a business as well. And, and more than a hobby, we wanted to get out in the road. We wanted to tour. We wanted to play shows. We wanted to write more music. We wanted to fill up uh, stadiums. Um, so uh, we we assembled a five-piece band we got anton de russo on the vocals we got uh andres castro on the lead guitar we've got uh, uh daniel ramos on the on the bass and uh so it kind of all you know happened serendipitously but now now uh you know soltara's rocking um uh, moving quickly and um we've also uh you know putting a lot of effort into into uh, getting the band off the ground too. Yeah, so I actually have kind of a similar story with music. You know, I've been doing music since I was 13, 14. I'm a vocalist, <laughs> uh, metal screamer, actually. And, uh, no way. Yeah, oh, yeah. So uh, I, you know, have been your, in and out of bands. One? We're what's called matri- Matriarchs. Matriarchs, cool. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've been in and out of bands since... I was like 14. I grew up overseas uh, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi and, uh, you know, had a band there, moved to Australia, had a band there and then, you know, didn't have anything when I moved back to America for like years, for like several years. I was bandless. I was just a solo artist. And then when COVID happened, uh, my now drummer found me on Instagram because I was doing all these like covers of TikTok songs that were popular, making them metal and uh he was like yo do you want to feature on a song and i was like sure of course i mean i'm not doing anything it's covid i can't go anywhere so one song turned into four songs turned into a whole album and then our first show was a a live stream show at the whiskey a go-go in hollywood and uh we ended up this year we ended up doing three tours two u.s tours and a european tour and so we're kind of on a similar path of trying to get the band into bigger uh, venues and with bigger acts. And we've gotten to play with like Nonpoint and, you know, some bigger bands that have been around for a while that influenced me as a, as an artist and vocalist. So, uh, but I'm also a videographer by trade. So I tour with bands and create their content and I'm trying to like finesse my way into touring with them as both an artist and as a videographer so that I can just make money on both ends. But for you, with doing Soltara and doing Savage Existence, like how are you balancing both things now that both are, are starting to take off more? Well, um, fortunately, uh, uh, you know, the way that I've structured Soltara, I mean, my goals as an entrepreneur were crystal clear from the beginning. Um, you know, I became an entrepreneur because I was not satisfied with the standard worker paradigm where it's like, you know, you work 50 weeks a year, you get two days off a week, uh, your job probably sucks, you barely make enough money to get ahead, you know, they just kind of keep you in the rat race. It's almost impossible to get ahead yeah. with a typical job. So, <clears throat> So, you know, I I realized that there was only two ways I was going to get ahead in life. You know, I wanted to travel. I wanted money. I wanted freedom. 
I didn't want to have to wake up early every day and go and do something I didn't like all day long, you know, ask for bathroom breaks and shit. Mm. Um, so, you know, I realized there's only two ways to get ahead. One was to get really good at sales and have an uncapped commission sales job, but I didn't really like sales. I was doing sales, but I, you know, I wasn't really that good. I'm, I'm not very extroverted. I'm quite introverted. So it, it was very taxing for me to go out and talk to people all day long. Yeah. Um, and then the other way was was start a business and and become an entrepreneur and have other people do the work while your business is making money and you just you know take a percentage of it. Um, so you know I had three basic interests when I became an when I journeyed off into just trying to find my way into the world of entrepreneurship. It was time freedom, financial freedom. And mobility freedom. I wanted to have enough money to do what I wanted. I wanted to be able to travel and live where I wanted. And I wanted to have lots of free time. So, um, you know, that's what I built. And right now, you know, it, it takes like, I mean, that could, those could be great goals to start off with. But it's not like it happens overnight. You know, when you're a startup entrepreneur, you're completely consumed by your, your enterprise. Um, but, you know, now that things have been uh, running so well with us and the way I've structured everything, you know, like with those three goals in mind, I basically have a pretty relaxed business life. I mean, I make important decisions. I have strategy calls. I talk finances, um, you know, and I, I provide guidance and mentorship when I need to. Um, and, you know, kind of, set the path of the company. But when it comes to the day to day, I really have a lot of free time. Like I probably don't spend more than 10 hours a week working. Um, if that, you know, I, I probably respond to like three emails a week or five emails a week. I don't know. Like it's basically nothing. I can do whatever I want really. Um, so, so then, uh, you know, that's when the band comes in and I've, I'm actually spending more time and more effort working on the band, getting that off the ground than I do uh, with the business. So, you know, most of my time is spent just chilling in my house and like writing new music. And, you know, we've got our second album on its way out, got about 15 songs, uh, you know, demoed and, and uh, in process for the third album. And, you know, we've set it up so that like when I want to bounce and go on a month long tour or two month long tour, I've got, I've got a great team at Soltara who's got all the bases covered and I've got 100% utmost confidence in. Yeah. It, and it's so cool that you've been able to structure your life in that way and that you've built this business to be able to do these things that you love to do and, and to, you can follow your other passions. How many years would you say it took to like get to a point in your business where you could have this free time where you are only working a certain amount of hours every week? Yeah. Well, um, I started, uh, you know, I had a couple of failed attempts at the beginning, you know, once I got the idea to become an entrepreneur and based on my experience in tourism and my interest in, in plant medicines, um, my first endeavor was in 2011, I, I moved down to Brazil to teach English and map out my first business. I wanted to build a kind of a, a healing center, touristic center down in Brazil in the Amazon. I moved down to Manaus, lived there for a few months. Um, 
and I realized it was much harder than, than, you know, just getting an idea of setting up a website and then all of a sudden you're rich. Um, you know, so I, I, my first attempt failed, but I got some experience. Uh, I, I left Brazil, but I, you know, I had ideas, I had designs, but I had to up my experience. I had to get more money. I had to, uh, get a better track record because, you know, investors only invest in people that they're 100% certain they can bank on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I went back, I requalified, I, I got a master's degree. I did more sales work. I, you know, I had to go back to the work world and earn money. So this, after I, uh, failed in Brazil, uh, I, I went, I moved to Vancouver. I took a sales job selling plant medicines like Kratom and Salvia. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I spent two years getting a master's degree while I was working full time in sales. And during that two years, I was also, uh, bootstrapping my, my business. So I started off very small, just as a, as a one man show. I, I, you know, learned from Tim Ferriss's book, how to, uh, four hour work week, how yeah. to like do some basic website design. So I was writing my own web content and running a couple of trips per year, just marketing to family and friends and people on Facebook and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, you know, it took me a couple of years of, of not making any money and, and moonlighting while I was at work and, you know, grinding it out, getting my, uh, my university level education and all that kind of stuff. Um, but after a couple of years, uh, I had a couple of lucky breaks getting on the international stage and, uh, you know, then it started to work and started to get busier and started to capture reviews and started to get more attention. And, uh, I was in a good industry that was growing. Um, and, uh, then, you know, so I, I, I think I founded my, my first company in like 2011 and I ended up quitting my job after I got the master's degree in 2013 and lived off of student loans for a little while as I built those, you know, we started, we started running more trips. Then we hired a couple of people. I, I, I met a girl who wanted to join me. So we, then one man show became two people. And, um, we, we started hiring like tour leaders. And so now we were, we, we were multiplying our footprint. Uh, so, you know, I was more focused on the business side of things and, um, and we had people that were, you know, running these other tours so we could have two going at the same time. Huh. And that, that continued to grow. And in 2014, uh, I built my first, uh, ayahuasca center down in Peru in the Amazon. And, you know, that, that still was a, was a massive grind for maybe the first like six months, but that became pretty successful pretty quickly. And I had the same mentality with that, you know, like I just, I wanted to just, I didn't want to do everything myself. I wanted to hire people. Um, so that business was my first real taste of like business success, uh, you know, where I had freedom of movement. I had, I had more money than I could, you know spend in a month. So like there was savings growing. Right. Um, I was able to really start, you know, living the life I wanted to, you know, business class flights or, you know, nice hotels, nice place to live, stuff like that. Um, and, uh, and then I, I sold that business in 2017. Um, so, you know, then I had some capital and, um, and uh, I didn't have anything to do. I had no business. So I had some, a little bit of capital, no business. 
And then when I came up to Soltara, you know, we, 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 it was like a massive scale up. I had to raise about $2 million to get Soltara off the ground. But because I had that track record um, in Peru with the first business, I started with uh, $20,000 and sold it for, uh, several hundred thousand. Um, and, uh, because I had that track record, it became the top rated center in Peru. Then, uh, you know, I was able to raise the millions of dollars I needed to, to build Soltara. Um, but even with that, you know, the first like 18 months was a crazy grind, like fully stressful, like just always knocking on death's door, like, just trying to keep the lights on, make payroll while the sales are still climbing and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, the first like 18 months were really rough. And then we started, we started uh, doing well. We started, you know, uh, breaking even every month and, and, you know, the team was getting set up, the, the sales were up, you know, we were getting popular, we we're getting influencers to come and stuff like that. And, um, and then literally like two months after that happened, the, fucking pandemic hit and they closed the borders on me so then i had to just go straight back to like full-on stress for uh like seven months of mm -hmm. complete border closures in costa rica uh nobody in or out i had eight employees living with me because they couldn't leave the country wow. so i had to keep you know keep them fed and uh these are international employees we also had like 15 uh, 15 local staff that were still on the payroll that I had to, you know, keep alive. So, uh, and mortgage payments, we had a big balloon payment in September, in November of that year, several hundred thousand dollars on the property. So like it was at risk of losing the whole operation. Wow. Uh, so that really sucked. And that's, you know, that's where I, I wrote the, I wrote the book, uh, this new book, 12 laws of the jungle during that time, putting my entrepreneurial methodology to the test in, in real time um, with the objective of co coming out of that that disaster like stronger faster and better um, which is you know what what happened I, I, I want to raise money during that time and uh, reorganize uh, the organization and um, you know set up a growth plan so that we could capture the pent-up demand after the lockdowns eased um, and, you know, basically as soon as we came out of the pandemic, we were just blasted with, with, uh, demand. Um, and, you know, we basically been sold out since we reopened in November of 2020. And, uh, you know, once that happened, once we got back on the right path, once the, uh, you know, the, the revenues start coming in. Then I was really able to take a step back and, you know, once we started feeling like we're not, I'm a wartime CEO. I'm not a peacetime CEO. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, my, my COO is a peacetime CEO, CEO. And as soon as we're at a point of stability and, and longevity with the company, she's going to take over for me. She's already like training up for that. Um, but, you know, like when we're in the red zone, that's where I have to take action. And, um, and so once we, you know, once we came out of the pandemic and a few months into the recovery there, everything's going well, I started scaling back my involvement. And, you know, that's, that was kind of 2020, early 2021. And now we're, you know, almost in 2023. So for about a year, year and a half, I've been pretty relaxed at work.
Yeah. And you know, it's, it's crazy to hear your story just because like, I feel like a lot of people can relate to that, especially business owners, entrepreneurs. We didn't know first how long that was going to last, you know, and, and for you, you had to keep taking care of people, which is just another stressor on your life and, and wanting to be able to take care of them and provide for them and also provide for yourself and the business and keep it going. So it, it makes me, it makes my heart warm to hear that you're, you've been like basically sold out since then, you know, since it, since the, uh, restrictions have been lifted and things like that. And for the healing power of, of what you're doing, I think that it adds a lot of value to people's lives. And I think, can, can you actually talk a little bit about the future of healing through uh, plants and through the, that kind of medicine? I think that uh, it's becoming more and more accepted and less taboo, if you will. Can you just talk on that for a second? Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, when I got into it, I, I, I got into it in, in 2010. So, you know, about, about 13 years ago, almost. And, um, Back then, it was totally counterculture. It was totally obscure. You know, when I first started doing it, like people disowned me. You know, they thought yeah. I was like my family, my aunts, uncles, my dad. Just thought I was crazy going down to the jungle doing these crazy drugs <laughs> for sure that make you vomit and have visions and think weird thoughts and stuff like that. So, um, but it was so very powerful for me. You know, I was I was really in a crisis point, it was just the lowest point of my life. And I realized that 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 was uh, caused by what was going on in my head. And so, um, you know, I was just every single day, just these polluting thoughts in my mind. And, um, and I, you know, I, I realized there was only, you know, I needed help. So, so I, I, I bit the bullet, I was afraid, you know, because back then, there was just much less info on it. And there was, all these sensational stories about these, you know, crazy journeys and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, but, but as soon as I did my very first ceremony, it's completely changed my life, set me on a completely new life path. And I was so convinced and so impressed that, um, that I just wanted to keep doing it. So, um, so, you know, I, I, I got into it. And the fact that the fact that I had already done some tour leading in South America, uh, you know, it allowed me to to feel confident going down to South America to do these things. I spoke Spanish. I spoke Portuguese. Uh, you know, I had lots of experience. I was adventurous. And then when I, I got started, you know, doing the business, it was just a real natural fit. But, you know, in that time, I, I recognized then that because of the sheer power of the effect that it had on me, um, I recognized then that this field was just about to explode. Um, and I was so convinced. So I knew that I knew that it was the right thing to do. And um you know, in, in the years since, it has exploded. And, you know, you've got everybody uh, talking about it. It's on Netflix. It's on late night TV. It's been in Hollywood movies. Uh, you know, we had, like, Megan Fox at my place here. Like, I mean, I, I remember being in college, being in love with her when I saw her <laughs> in sure. Transformers. And, yeah. you know, she was down here at my place 
had a life-changing experience and then went on Jimmy Kimmel and talked about it. Wow. Machine Gun Kelly was here. He went, sure. he flew from here straight to LA to pick up his billboard number one rock album of, of, uh, of 2021. You know, mm -hmm. um, we've had recently Aaron Rodgers here, the Super Bowl champ. Um, we've had Jake Paul, the, the prize fighter and, yeah. and YouTuber. And, you know, it's just, it's so mainstream now and there's been so much legitimate science that's come out. Uh, to destigmatize the medicine, and it's changed so many people's lives. That it, it's just undeniable right now. And um, you know, there's decriminalization movements happening yeah. now. You know, I think uh, Colorado and Oregon they pretty much decriminalized all plant medicines. Yep. Um, you know, it's just it's just becoming less and less of a thing. And at the same time, life is becoming more and more stressful and traumatic. Yeah. in the Western world right now. So, you know, it's becoming more and more important for people to to work with as well. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating how how our worlds collide. You know, doing this podcast, I've talked to people that have, you know, worked with people that I've also worked with. I worked with Machine Gun Kelly in 2017. I was at Jake Paul's fight with Tyron Woodley filming behind the scenes for Frank Gore. Uh, so I, it, it's just wild that no this idea. world is so small. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure it is. And it's, it's so cool that you've gotten to like help these people go through these experiences and it's so powerful what you're doing. And I, I commend you on doing it. It's a, a, a big task I'm sure. And you know, to hear that somebody out there is, is doing something like this, that is taking care of people and helping them through the, these processes that they're dealing with is uh, very commendable. So I just on behalf of everybody, thank you for, for doing that. Thank you for coming on the podcast and talking to me uh, about what you do and the importance of it. Um, my last question for you is what is something you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Hmm. Interesting question. I'm really not much of a different person than than when I started. Um, I think maybe it would have been nice to have a little bit more confidence that it was all going to work out because there were some scary moments. You know, and, uh, and um, you know, if I would have known at the beginning, like where life was going to end up, there would have been a lot less depression, a lot less anxiety, uh, a lot less self-loathing. You know, it was like there were so many times when I felt like I was making so many mistakes and I, I had made so many mistakes and I suffered some regrets. Um but uh, uh, just having a little bit more faith that, that you know, all those things that were transpiring that I, 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 I suffered through were just writing my story so that I was going to be able to eventually live my dream life. I call that the rite of passage in my book, 12 Laws of the Jungle. Um, it's really just going through enough suffering to make you tough enough to be an entrepreneur. And I, I just, I, I, maybe I wish that I would have seen like, like that was the means to an end. Um, whereas in the moment it was just pure suffering. Yeah. 
Well, hey, uh, where can people get either of your books uh, and where can they find your, your band's music? Yeah, well, I mean, really everything's uh, on my Instagram, uh, Daniel C. Cleland, you know, typical link in bio. Um, I have a personal website, danielcleland.com. And, uh, the you know, the band is, is on Instagram as well at Savage Existence Official or at savageexistence.com. But it's all, you know, it's it's all findable on my Instagram page at Daniel C. Cleland. And, of course, the book's on Amazon. There's an Audible as well. Really great uh, narrator for the Audible version of the book. And, uh, you know, Kindle and hardcover and softcover and and all that. Awesome, Dan. Thank you for coming on Project Freelance. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, guys, that was Dan Cleland. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Project Freelance. I really enjoyed this episode. We had some really cool synergy going on and, you know, the the relationship of music and healing and what he's doing, I think is so important and so cool. If you guys are interested in hearing about more about Soltara Healing Center, or if you are interested in hearing uh, Savage Existence, Dan's band, or if you just want to get to know him a little bit more, you can follow him on Instagram. His link is down in the description of this podcast for you. If you guys want to get to know a little bit more about me, you can check out my YouTube channel, Just the Letter K, uh, or K the Screamer Official if you're into metal and you want to hear some of my music, my covers, things like that. Uh, my band is Matriarchs, and this is my podcast, Project Freelance. If you dug it, please hit the subscribe button, come back for more episodes, and go back into the archives. Check out some of the other people I've had on the show and if you want to come on the podcast, you can shoot me an email at contact at just the letter Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Stay strong. Keep enduring. <laughs>